The last three weeks or so, we have been talking about authentic faith. Who remembers our very first one, saving faith? All right. So basically, the very first one Pastor John preached about where we are saved because we believe Jesus died on a cross for us. That's the initial faith that just makes things move in people's hearts. And if you don't know Jesus, if you have never um, invited Jesus in your life, yes, Ben, you may leave. That's all good. I thought they'd naturally leave during the video. That's what I had in my mind. <laughs> I love these guys. Let's give it up for the band, hey? All right, so we are saved because we believe Jesus, that he died on the cross for us. And um, as I said, if you don't know Jesus, I'm excited because by the end of this message, I reckon you'll want to get to know him, and I'm going to give you a chance to do so and invite him into your life. So that's super exciting. Then we learn that faith is like a muscle. So you don't get muscles like these just overnight. (laughs) It it takes a little bit of training, all right, people? And that's what faith is like as well. It starts as a mustard seed, the Bible says, but then it can grow up and shoot up. And that's what what that is like. And then there's being real with faith as as well. Being real with God when things aren't going the way that they should. And Pastor Dan shared such a powerful, vulnerable uh, message about what to actually do when you're believing for stuff, but then it just all turns to custard. And, um, and not just how to deal with that in the moment, but then how to move on and move out of that. It's, if you haven't listened to any of those messages, I highly encourage you, jump on YouTube, jump on the podcast, and listen back to them. Is that cool? Yeah. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about persevering in faith, all right? So we're going to finish up this series and, um, and, and, and really kind of dive into, I guess, my last 10 years here, I'm going to be sharing from that uh, when we joined this church, okay? Because I would say uh, when we came here 10 years ago, our faith probably was it, was, it was a lot smaller than what it is now. I would say it was pretty small. But then God started to do a work in my heart, and that's really where it starts. It's not, and, and you'll learn this tonight, that yes, we can say all these things, but God's got to shift something in your heart, and that's what he did for me. So over the past few years, my wife and I, we really learned how to lean into God. That's what faith is. When all this stuff happens, you lean into God. And, um, and especially when times got tough. We came to this church. Um, we were already in debt. And then the first couple of years, we just spiraled out of debt, out of control. That it was, um, But it was in that moment, in that season, where we, we built the biggest faith muscles that we have ever built to date. And, um, and the reason for that is that we were... Just to give you kind of some idea, we were 60 grand in bad, in bad debt. We had three credit cards that were maxed out. And I remember there was one, it was a morning, I got a phone call from our landlord, and I knew that two weeks of rent were already overdue. And then um, and this phone call came, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. We got to, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have any more credit left. I haven't got any cash left. What am I going to do? And I just remember this moment that I just went to faith. That's what faith is. And I remember just back against the wall, just crying out, God, I don't know how or what I need to do right now. I just need you to come through on this. And here's the awesome thing. When we, when we go and draw near to God, He draws near to us. That's the promise in the Bible. And God did for us. And so much so that in just three years, 
God gave us the right strategy, the right um, disciplinary action in terms of our finances. So you had to do again a work in my heart. But in three short years, not only did we pay back all of our bad debt, clear all of that debt in three years, in the process, we built uh, or we bought our miracle home. And then in the last two years, check this, um, our business has just grown so much that in the last two years, we've gone not from one, we, we didn't just have to hire one new employee, not two, but six new staff members to keep up with the work. That's, that's God. There's nothing that I can do. And I, I want to share from that tonight because it's faith persevering that makes this kind of stuff happen. And it can happen for anyone. Um, uh, you heard my story already. So let's dive in. Let's just pray. Father God, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would use my words to just open things in people's hearts, that you would move powerfully here tonight, and that these words, God, that they would just unlock destinies this, this evening, destinies for people to have a calling on their life and to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All righty. So I want to share from Ezekiel. Let me just find my spot. Here we go. Ezekiel 37. If you brought your Bibles, come and read along. Beautiful. Ezekiel 37, verse 1 to 10, I'm going to focus on today. It's the, um, it's the Valley of the Dry Bones. Who knows that one? If you don't, I'm going to read you the first 10 verses now. It goes like this. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. All right, last few verses. So I prophesied as I was commanded. This is Ezekiel. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons flesh appeared. That's crazy. <laughs> Out of nowhere, tendons and flesh appeared. I looked and the, he inspected. This is, oh man, I've got to stop because otherwise I'll just have too many points. <laughs> I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breathe from the, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, man, I can feel the Holy Spirit up here. I prophesied and he commanded me and breathe and, and breath into them. They came to life. They stood up to their feet, a vast army. Come on. How awesome is God? Man, that is an awesome passage, and there's so much going on there, but tonight I just want to kind of pull out three things that I've learned from this passage in terms of my faith journey, and um, number one for me is that um, faith believes facts can change, okay? You see, in my office, 
Uh, we, we, I employ some super, super smart people. Now, here's the thing with these smart people. They are very reliant on algorithms, on data, and really for facts to tell them what should be, what's right or wrong, okay? What's true and what's not true. So we have this one guy, and he is literally a walking, talking fact checker. So he, you say anything, anyone in the office, um, they'll, they'll say anything, make a statement. He'll be like, hmm... Well, actually, <laughs> or for what it's worth, and, and he'll always, he's like, he's Google in his brain. He just knows all these things. He's fact-checking us all the time. But here's what he's got to realize. That's, that's data. Those are reports. Um, the thing is, facts change. And um, I'm going to mess with your head a little bit, okay? I've got some research of my own. Okay? So... This may mess with you, okay? So if we, when you were at school, I was taught that we have four oceans, correct? What is it? We've got the Atlantic, Pacific, Indian, and Arctic Ocean, right? Fact. Not fact, okay? The geographic cartographers are saying this fact has changed, and we now have a fifth ocean. Welcome, everybody, the Southern Ocean. All right, facts change, people. Here we go. This, one's, this one messed with me as well. So um, I always thought, okay, the only man-made um, construction that you can see from the moon is Great Wall of China. That's what I thought too. There's reports from, here we go. This is, um, this is official. Um, astronauts. <laughs> Sorry. That was another point. <laughs> These astronauts that walked to, uh, through, oh, they, were, they were on the moon. Basically, they, when they look at Earth, it's like Christmas lights lit up. They can see dams. They can see bridges. Facts change. See? And that's what I reckon in the text that we just read, Ezekiel actually responded with, when God asked, can these bones live? He goes, Southern Lord, only you know. Because he knew the power of God. Okay? Ezekiel didn't deny the facts, but he actually elevated God above the facts. Okay? He may have been scared, like he would have seen um, that, um, that the bones were there. They were very dry, but he didn't ignore the facts. But he also said, hey, you only know God. So it's important that we, that we don't ignore the facts. When I was telling you the story early on about our finances, that's what I did. I stuck my head in the ground. I didn't look at my books. I didn't look at, my, um, at our bank accounts. I didn't look how much we were spending compared to us coming in. Bad move. We've got to pay attention to, our, to the facts that are coming in. But we've got to elevate God above them. Come on. If the facts come in, okay, that's cool. But God is much bigger than that. He, is, he can bring dead bones to life is what it says in this. And, and, and here's the awesome thing, okay? As I said, my faith was very small at the start. Now, in my opinion, okay, when Ezekiel didn't quite believe that all the dead bones um, he saw could live, that's why his answer was a little bit of a, I like to call it a safe cop-out, okay? 
It's kind of like, Lord, only you know. I don't want to say it just yet because I don't quite have the faith to believe that, but I do believe that you can do all things. All right? And that shows me that faith is a journey, okay? That we don't have to be full of faith the second a bad report hits our desk. Faith, however, doesn't just focus on that report night and day. So it just eats up your time. It eats up your energy. Faith sees what God sees. And, and then, and the reason I'm saying this is because God himself reminded Ezekiel that, is, that he wasn't ignoring the fact that we live in a world where the devil is very real. And he makes people do stupid things, destructive things. He wasn't trying to ignore that at all. But he was saying this to Ezekiel that as, an, as an illustration. Among all this pain, among all the stress that we go through, among the chaos in our lives that we might be facing, God is still the highest authority. That's what, was, that's what that text is about. So when God asked Ezekiel, how can these, can these bones live? To, I reckon today God is asking us, are you going to believe the facts that are in front of you? Or are you going to believe that God can restore what the devil has stolen or the devil has killed or destroyed? Faith sees what God sees. Facts change, but God never changed. Faith believes that facts can change. Come on, let's give God a round of applause, hey? How are we doing? We good? All right. I've got two more points I want to make. All right. Faith is obedient to God's word. Okay. In verse four to eight, it says this. Then he said to me, if we get this up, then he said to me, do all these things. Important. He said to me, that's the word of God to him. Okay. That's the Bible, the word of God speaking to Ezekiel. Then he said to me, do this, do that. I'm not going to read it all because I did because... Um, Keep going, because in the last verse, it says, Then you will know that I am the Lord. And here was Ezekiel's response. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Come on. As I was commanded. Ezekiel obediently did as he was commanded. Now, I imagine Ezekiel probably had other ideas, okay? He, he probably thought, hey, these bones, okay, how can we, maybe we can put them together, make him look like a skeleton. That's what I would do. It's like all these ideas. I'm German. I'm German. So all these ideas in my head, how can I engineer this together? And I'm still like that a little bit sometimes. But um, one thing that I have learned on my faith journey over the years is to be obedient to God's word and God's calling that's on your life. So just a quick example around that. My whole entire prayer life changed, and I encourage you to take this because this is a game changer. My entire prayer life changed when I stopped praying for my own needs. Okay? And I started to become obedient to the bigger things that God actually called me to. My prayers used to be, God, help me pay these bills. Help me pay down this debt. Help me um, land this client so um, we can pay back our debt, so we can buy a house and do nice things. Two years ago, um, that prayer kind of changed out of the revelation that I got in terms of being obedient to God's word. This is the kind of prayers that I pray now. I wrote it out. God, you have called me to build a $100 million a year business. Only you know that what that looks like. I got no idea. Only you know, Lord. But I pray that you would use me to build this company so I can outwork this vision of building buildings 
for the less fortunate, providing arms for the poor, and financing the kingdom of God. That's a bigger vision than just paying your bills. That's been obedient to the call of God. Man, and is it okay if I just share what we've been able to do when God starts working in you? We've started to see this vision come to pass. From the growth that we've seen in the last two years, we've been able to give more into vision builders than ever before. We've been able to bless every single visiting minister as they come in here more than ever before. We've been able to help people who are in need and with our jobs, help them pay their mortgage. And we've been able to donate as a team at our company $5,000 to the... Um, uh, to the Homeless Neighborhood Center in Marichidor. That's what it's about. That's what faith does. It just changes your perspective altogether. Now, and I'm not big noting myself here, saying all these things, but it's because I... I'm convicted that I listen to God's word, and I do. I'm a doer. So it's like I hear from God, what does this mean for my life, and I go and do. Yeah. And, and here's just a little side note here, okay? It's kind of a disclaimer. <laughs> that when I say, um, like, that we achieved this, or I, sorry, I said I achieved this, and I was able to do this, this, and that, all the bad stuff and, like, the stuff-ups and everything, that was me. But all the good stuff, it's a husband and wife team here. Marina's behind me, and it's a we effort. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. <laughs> She's awesome. But here's the thing. You may not be called to business. You, you may not be called to give a million dollars in one year, unless your name's Russell and Marita Smith, maybe. <laughs> Oi! That was good. No. It's a desire of ours to be able to give a million dollars in one single year. That's a desire God's put in our heart. You know, to give a million dollars, you're going to have to do a lot more. That's what I start to focus on. Okay, far out. What are we going to do? A hundred million a year? Come on. That's where I'm at. But all God's looking here for tonight is for someone to say yes. What does the yes look like? It might be driving the shine bus to pick people up that can't get to church. It might be mowing the lawns for someone that's struggling with cancer. It might be saying, yes, I'll donate my time and serve on the C3 Powerhouse Dream Team. And you'll have fun doing it. It's awesome. <laughs> it might just be... It, it, we are so busy. It might just be a willingness for God to, to let God disrupt your busy day. So you start to see a need in the street, and then you're actually the person that's going to help fill that need. That's what this obedient faith looks like, being obedient to God's Word, and you'll get it every morning in your quiet time and when you read the Word. Faith is being obedient to God's Word. Okay, come on, let's finish this up. One more point. I'm going to recap real quick. Faith believes facts can change. Faith is obedient to God's Word. This is my favorite part, people. Strap yourselves in. I can feel the Holy Spirit here. Faith is Holy Spirit activated. Come on. In our text, we saw in verse 9 and 10, um, it said this. 
Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. Come on, this is exciting. Who's getting excited here? Breath entered them. They came to life, stood up on the feet, a vast army. Sounds like C3 powerhouse. Come on, a vast army. Me, revived. Now here's the thing. When we came to this church 10 years ago, I already knew God, okay? So I, I knew all the stories, but I didn't have the Holy Spirit just living in me, breathing in me, guiding me. I was kind of doing my own thing. That's what I said. It needs to be a, a hard thing happening first. So when God asked Ezekiel to prophesy to these bones the first time, if you notice in the text, there was two times, go again. So the first time, it signifies preaching and speaking. So we're speaking to our facts. We're speaking over our facts. We're speaking God's promises over our facts. When God asked Ezekiel to prophesy again, to prophesy to the four winds, he asked him to pray. He asked him to be full of the Holy Spirit and pray to those bones. And then that's when they came to life, to fill him with the Holy Spirit and to fill the bones before him, to fill you with the Holy Spirit and the situation that's before you, to bring it back to life. That's where the power is, people. And for me, this experience was like going from a water-only diet, where we are in fasting, water-only to a Red Bull-only diet. Because, man, we went like this, Holy Spirit activation. And I know, man, I know the Holy Spirit's here right now. I felt Him all night, just wanting to knock on people's hearts to experience this kind of stuff because nothing more pleases our Father than to see His kids prosper, to see His kids blessed, to see more people come to, into church to have a relationship with Jesus. Faith acts. And here's a little bit of a confession from myself. I'm still a work in progress in this, all right? At times, I'm still afraid to speak out when I know I should. Sometimes I'm still too slow to act when I see a need. However, every morning, this is what I pray. Holy Spirit, please help me. Open my eyes to see. Open my ears to hear. To hear. And I know there's people in here filled with the Holy Spirit. And you pray these prayers as well. But man, when I was preparing for this, I know there's someone in here, and this might get a little bit emotional for me. <laughs> I do. I won't need any tissues. I'm a man. I cry, but I don't need tissues. <laughs> but I know that for someone here, something either recently or in the past, something's died for you or someone's died in your life. So I was really prompted by God. Just to share this story. Okay, here we go. Pull it together. All right. I'll just read it. Is that okay? All right. I was only seven years old when my dad passed away. I remember for three years, every night, my brother, three sisters, and mum would sit by his bed and pray faith-filled prayers, believing for a miracle. 
believing for restoration of his bones. My five-year-old sister's prayers were simple. Dear God, please heal Papa. Whereas my mum would quote scriptures and cry out for God to heal her husband. But despite all the prayer, all our faith, God still decided to end his earthly pain and take him home to heaven. Oh. And for many years after that, I struggled to have faith for anything. But over the years, this text in Ezekiel has really helped me to realize that God is not done yet. Seems to be a repetitive theme. Shorty just said that as well. God is not done yet. After Ezekiel prophesied the first time, it says, Then he said to me, that means he asked him to go again. He asked Ezekiel, go again. The first prophecy didn't work. Go again. Breathe that life into it. I realized over the years that faith takes perseverance. That's what this is all about. Faith says, I will not stop here. I will persevere. Yes, man, I see dry bones all around me. I'll walk through them. But that isn't going to stop me from believing that Jesus came to revive all things. All things. In my quiet time, I'll just finish with this because it's a revelation God gave me to really deal with this pain in my heart, and I think it's going to help someone here. John 16, 17, it says this, Jesus says to his disciples, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come, but if I go, I will send him to you. In that moment, I reckon the disciples, they would have been confused, angry, disappointed, this is the guy they just spent intimately the last three years with. They had a connection with Jesus, the Son of God. But Jesus knew that if he just stayed in one place, he wouldn't be able to heal people in Germany. He wouldn't be able to heal people at the same time in Africa. He wouldn't be able to heal people the same time in America, right here at C3 Powerhouse. Because Jesus knew that he had to go so God's greater plan could be outworked. And that is what faith is, to see the full picture that God is painting. I liken it to like a puzzle. You're doing a puzzle, you don't see the whole picture. If I stayed just with that one puzzle piece when my dad passed away, check this out. This is what the Holy Spirit asked me to reflect on my quiet time. I would have never seen my older sister who's now ministering to young children through her tutoring. My brother has become the national director of the church movement that my dad was actively involved in. He now oversees 43 churches in Germany and has planted another seven new churches in the past few years. My older sister, who's here tonight, probably why I'm crying, because <laughs> I love her. And my youngest, my older sister, she was a chaplain reaching out to kids in school. Now at two, I see at her church. And my two younger sisters are team leaders, worship leaders, and living a life of God's blessing. Come on. That is what happens when faith perseveres, when we don't give up. And I believe God wants to do that here tonight. Come on. Let's stand to our feet, church. Let's pray. I want to pray for a couple of minutes because this is going to be life-changing. I told you I'm, I'm excited about this, and I'm pumped because I see people here. You might be feeling that there is dry bones in your life. You may have given up on a dream, but God says, go again. God says, I have plans for you, plans to prosper, plans for a hope and
and for a future. So come on, if you need an injection of the Holy Spirit, lift up your hands to God. The band's going to play in the background and we are going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit as we pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that your kingdom will come, God. Lord, you see every need in this house right now. You see people's dreams that have been stolen, that have been taken away. I speak to these bones that they would be revived in Jesus' name. I speak that the Holy Spirit would fill every person in this room. Come on. If you have a desire to build the kingdom of God with finances, lift your hands right now. There's an anointing to create wealth, an anointing to create wealth in this room. I speak, Lord, what you have done in my life, and you will do it again. You will do it again. You will do it again in this church. Amen. I curse cancer in the name of Jesus. Get off people in that church. If you're seeing someone in your family suffer, lift up your hand to God right now. If there's sickness in your home, if there's sickness in your family, lift up your hand. Lift up your hand and say, these dry bones shall live. Holy Spirit, we prophesy to you that these dry bones would live again, would live again, would live again. Thank you. Come on, let's worship God. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus over everything. over every fact, every report, everything that's been given to you. Jesus is higher. He's supreme. And He reigns. Come on. A song for all eternity. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Come on. God, I thank you for what you're doing. Jesus, I thank you. And I know that you had to go, but I thank you that the Holy Spirit is here. Activate this church, Holy Spirit, that we would prophesy to what's coming, what's before us and what's coming. Take this church to another level these coming weeks, Holy God. Thank you for what you have done, for what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Come on, you may be seated. How awesome is the Holy Spirit. Don't just leave him here. Take him home. Consume this word. Stand on this word. It's the truth. It's the truth. So good. Just trying to think up some final thoughts. 
you know what it is? We've been fasting and praying for 21 days, and the fast might be over, but God is not done yet. God is not done yet. So come on, let's give it up for God. Sam, if you come up, please.